Hey everybody, this is AST Radio. Uh, we're backstage at CDR4. Uh, show's about to start. I've got uh, Howard Kramer and Jared Grody here. Uh, what can we expect tonight in this nine-hour comedy extravaganza? I think you just said it all right there. We can expect it to go nine hours, and it's going to be comedic at points. I think it's going to be a good show. I think everybody's going to put in a good effort, and I think the people that are committed to staying here for the whole time are going to are going to uh, feel good that they did. Uh, the lineup is in the green room. <laughs> oh, so I should just read that. I should just dictate that into the microphone. Are you guys staying all night? No. Probably. I have for every other one. All right. Oh, you're hardcore. It's, I, I, I have to say, I'm not sure I'm staying all night. So <laughs> if you stay all night, you have officially surpassed Sasquatch. Right. But if you leave, I will. <laughs> okay. Let's make a deal. If we just lock eyes at about 4.45. Like, oh, I know who's going on then. I get you, dude. <laughs> what? No, uh, last question. What does CDR mean to you guys, Howard? To me, it, it's a, it's a, you know what, it, it's a ground. It's a playground. It's a proving ground. It's a, it's a, uh, give me another one. Uh, I've already ruined the quote. To me, fertile ground. Howard Kramer here, you know, to me, comedy death ray means a playing ground, a proving ground, a fertile ground for comedy. And I think that 10 to 15 years from now, when you start to look at the talent that was spawned here, you will agree. For me, CDR will honestly always be an inferior Largo. <laughs> Can we talk about what's wrong with CDR? Yeah. No. All right, thanks, guys. It's a scene. It's a scene. It's a scene. <laughs> Clicky. They'll laugh at you if, they, if the board likes you. <laughs> Never what? Works. No. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you meant to laugh at you in a mean way. Howard Kramer, uh, the back wall's too close to, to where I perform. I don't know if there's any way it could be moved back. Yeah, you move forward is how that works. <laughs> I went back. I should move backward. No, no, that's that backwards is into the wall, and that's your complaint to begin with. You want to go forward a little. Oh, here's what I'm saying. When you pay at the box office and walk in, you've got about a 30 yard jog down a straight hallway. What I say is, let's let's gut the bill. Let's push that back wall back. Yeah, I hear you. All right, thanks, guys. All right, and Howard uh, Kramer here. Thank you, Sasquatch. It was a good interview. <laughs> Talk to you later. Hey, we're here with Chris Hardwick. Uh, Chris, you just went up. How did it go? It was way better than I expected. It was hey, do you know this guy, John Daly? Hey, how you doing? Correct out. Hi. Someone, someone that you will be uh, talking to and hearing more from on the West Coast. Do you guys get on the uh, special thing on the on the East Coast? Oh, um, no, actually, yeah, I check out a special thing. Actually, um, I love it. Special thing is great. Correct out. Chris Hardwick, okay. totally hilarious. Just killed in comedy death ray. Very, very funny. Thanks, John. Yeah, that was a good set. There was a lot of new stuff. Uh, what was the the thinking going in? Like, I'm just gonna tr- do whatever I've been doing lately. Uh, I don't know, actually. I, I We were on a plane all day, and we got off the plane just a couple hours before the show, so I, I honestly, I had the whole time on the plane to write, and I'm like, nah, let's check out the movie. Yeah, I'm going to take a nap. I brought an eye shade. Oh, and I'm just going to talk to Mike about nothing. And, uh, you know, that was... I. It was... It was fortunate. It was very fortunate. Well, you, you had a, a whole chunk about corn that I'd never heard before. It went really well. Like, uh, did you just like write that recently? I've been talking about corn. I've been venting my anger about corn on the road with Mike lately. That we are just appalled. That, like, we literally we drove a thousand miles last week in four days from like Iowa all the way through Illinois and into Wisconsin, and it never stopped on both sides as far as you could see. And it was almost it was almost like by the end of it, it was we were almost like heckling a, a hacky comic. Like, really, corn. Again, nice, nice try, you know. But everywhere where you can fit corn, there was corn. Yeah. 
and everyone for some reason had a barn that was about to fall down on their property. So it was falling down barns and corn. Uh, so you've done uh, you've done all the all night shows, right? This is the third one you've done. The, you did the other two also, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Go back uh, to the old to the old M bar. That's right. That's right. Uh, so what is uh, what's the mentality going? And you, you do it. You do an early set, and then you do you go home and go to sleep, and then come back to do the, the closer. Yeah, because I'm not a good all night person anymore, um, and especially after traveling all day, I really wanted to try to stick it out, but I don't. I will not remember. Mike and I are doing a new song tonight, so I want to or tomorrow morning. Or yeah, exactly. Or tomorrow morning. So I want to try to retain some brain cells to remember, you know, remember that. Because I'm I'm feeling weirdly confident about it now. That I'm like ah, we got that in the bag, and then just at 5:45, just bloodshot when nothing comes out because my brain is shut off. I just need a couple hours of sleep. You think people will be like, man, he was so good at 10:30. What happened? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> or what time is it actually? I don't even know. It's 10:15 now. Oh, okay, so 10 o'clock. You, 10 o'clock. You killed 5:45. We don't know yet. You know what, though? I gotta say, I think, like, bookending the show is great because you go in the beginning, the energy is really good because people are all excited. And then when you come back at the end of the show, people just get a crazy second or third win and they're just weird and they start losing their minds a little bit. And I don't even know if they know what they're seeing anymore. So I think it's kind of a good place to be. Uh, Chris Hardwick, what does CDR mean to you? <laughs> do you want a serious answer, or do you want like a, like a silly? I'm a comic. Here's my jokey answer. That's up to you. I would say I gotta say to me, uh, it's feeling fortunate that there is a place in Los Angeles, you know, where there's not a lot of places to really do comedy, especially the kind of comedy that you know we like to do in the audiences that we like to perform for. And this, it really has. It's just been, you know, a great. If I were religious, I'd say it was a blessing, man. <laughs> but it's just really great. It's just, I just feel I feel really lucky, you know, to have this and to to be able to perform with these people and you know to have these audience appreciating this kind of humor. It just you know I just I feel lucky. I really do. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, good set and have another good set in about seven hours. Thanks. I feel really stiff. I feel like I just gave like a baseball speech. Like I just want to thank God. God is number one. I just love everybody in this organization. Yeah, that's the vibe back here. We're we're backstage. We're just sort of doing uh, those little like in the locker room. And I'm being positive. I don't care. It's fun. It's a fun show. Everyone's out. It's awesome. The, the set looks awesome. Everyone's great. I, well, it's awesome. It's fantastic. The crowd has been really amazing. Like they are so pumped up. They're happy to be here. They don't care that they're going to be here for the <laughs> for the next seven hours. And make it a little uncomfortable. They were great, like every year, they like the people who stayed have really hung in there. Yeah, it's like the opposite of what you expect. You expect people to be like, "Oh man, I can't make it," but like they they actually have more energy than a regular crowd because they know what they're getting into. Maybe exactly, exactly. They're more focused. Yeah, it takes a lot of focus. That's what it is. Uh, booze. Yeah. Some people, some people enjoy booze. Yeah, well, that helps. All right, well, thanks, Chris, uh, and uh, we will see you uh, back out there in a few hours. See you later on. All right, bye. Uh, we're here with Anthony Jesselnick. Uh, when are you going up, Anthony? I am going. I got the stellar spot. I had to beg for this. Uh, 3.55 in the morning. Nice. That is the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, did you do this last year? You know, I did not. They, I, I actually turned them down because I didn't want to do that past the mic fiasco thing. <laughs> okay, so this is your first all-nighter. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so how are you feeling going into it? I'm really excited. It's frustrating, though, because I can't get wasted, as wasted as I would normally be uh, until after my set which is you know come on and that's pretty late for you to get going yeah to get started yeah totally so I'm, I'm going beer water beer water right now and uh, we'll see what else happens later on
Uh, what's your approach to this set at 3.55? Do you have to bring the thunder? What are you going to do to keep these guys awake? Uh, luckily for me, all I got is thunder. You know what I mean? Even if I was going up, you know, at like eight. Because one half of Cops Brought Pizza is famous. Really? <laughs> You're not even going to be able to hear you. This is completely ridiculous. Is that a shotgun mic? I wish you would respect AST Magazine and not just come, come in here from the side. Yeah, we got uh, Jonah Ray is here. Uh, Sparky Pop is crawling around uh, doing something weird. Uh, Jonah, get down here. Come on. You said you would. Uh, Jonah Ray, what's going on? Oh, hey, guys. I just while I was walking by, saw Anthony. So I thought I'd say hi because he's my friend. Uh, actually, I have some questions for Jonah. How much time are you doing on the show tonight? Uh, almost a fraction less than yours. But, you, but people don't know. I'm only doing a five-minute set. Jonah's got two. But I'm going to run the light by 15, 20 minutes tonight. I'm going to try out a bunch of new stuff. So, wait. What are you... Jonah, what are you doing? Are you part of that lightning round thing? Uh, <laughs> that's, that sounds demeaning. No, no. But that is what they're calling it. Yes. That lightning round. <laughs> I'm part of that that lightning round. Okay. Uh, the lightning round? Yes. I'm... Uh, but also, other great companies. Andrew Donnelly, who's a far superior uh, writer than Anthony Jeselnik. Uh, Michelle Balloon, um, better writer than Anthony Jeselnik. Uh, I think uh, Nick Thune is going to do three different two-minute sets just to prove how much better he is at one-liners than Anthony Jeselnik. Listen, it's not a contest. You know, obviously the people with five-minute spots are more talented than the people with two-minute spots. But it's an honor. It's an honor just to be able to buy a ticket, I think. Uh, okay, guys, uh, last question. What does uh, comedy death rate mean to you? Uh, that's a great question. And it actually, I'm going to be sincere, and it means a lot to me. I started doing comedy right when this show started, uh, and this show has always been like the bar, and this getting this spot is a huge honor. Uh, big, I mean, biggest part of my year, I think. And it's been, as you know, and the listeners know, it's been a great year for me. <laughs> yeah, I saw you in some magazine that I've never heard of before. What was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I'm plugging my nylon, my nylon blurb. Yeah, what, what is what is Nylon Magazine? It's like a. It's like a pop culture kind of thing. I had never heard of it either until they got down on their knees and begged me to be a part of it. Finally, someone's doing a magazine about pop culture. Yeah. Uh, Jonah, what does uh, comedy death rate mean to you? Uh, I was told it was named after me uh, because of, uh, it's, like, originally the show was going to be called Jonah Comedy Death Ray. And uh, I realized that was very insulting, uh, but oh, so true. And can we do that part over? Can we rewind and why? Why would we want to do that? Why would we want to do that? See, I uh, I don't I just uh, I'm like Nick Cannon. I go straight off my grill, you know, off the top of the dome because uh, it's all made up, you know. Like right here, in my cup. It's what's keeping me seeing double but feeling single. You know, what I'm saying that's right off the top of my dome. That's <laughs> what do you What do you think about that stuff? I think everyone knows what I think about it. <laughs> I'll let my silence uh, speak volumes. All right, that's Jonah Ray, Wild and Out, and uh, Anthony Jeselnik uh, going up in about four and a half hours. Uh, all right, thanks, guys. Uh, have a good show. Sparky Bob, what do you want to say? Nothing. Mm-mm, get out of my face. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Hey, we're here with Andy Kindler. Uh, you're going to go up in about, what, half an hour or something? T-minus 30 minutes. I use, uh, my new thing is, I use space technology talk when I, in reference to stand-up. I'm the first comic uh, to do this. Over. <laughs> all right. That's like the thing you did on uh, Letterman, where you, you went to space camp. See, you really, uh, you see, I had a meeting with some PR people, yeah. and they told me that the way to do things now is to always be cross-promoting and thinking about synergy, and that's why I did that. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you, I had to lead you into that. You planted the seed, and then I walked into it. Exactly. That was two different metaphors. Uh, oh, you planted the seed. Well, you can walk into the seed. Why would they say, why would you walk into a planted seed? See, we were almost like Dan cooking it. That would be like a huge seed, or you've been shrunk down to minuscule size. Uh, all I can remember is there's a, uh, a lyric in one of the Doors songs. Uh, I'll stay with you till my seeds are dried up. I never liked it. <laughs> that's, that's not a pretty picture that they painted there. Uh, no, seriously. I know it was the 60s, but still. <laughs> is that sexy? Hey, honey, I'll stay with you till my seeds are dried up. Hold on. <laughs> uh, it's very busy back here in the dressing room uh, at Comedy Death Ray. We are approaching midnight. Which is when you're gonna supposed to go up, right? Yeah, they said that they're running behind, and that can that I will not be tolerated. I refuse to go somewhere working for no money, and on top of that, be delayed. Uh, uh, here's a here's a math problem for Andy Kindler. Uh, if it's running half an hour behind before your set, how long? How far behind will they be at the end of your set? Right. If if the show is running a half hour behind and you're a half hour from your original set, how long will it be till the Jews take over the rest of the media? See, I went left at the end. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ackerman, you can't see him, but Scott Ackerman is dressed up exactly as I fantasize about him each evening before I go to bed as a boy scout. Oh, Andy, how are you? This, oh, and so I'm gay then? Oh, so all of a sudden I'm the gay one? Uh, I don't know. There was nobody back here five minutes ago, and suddenly it's bustling. Oh, this is like the back. This is like uh, the movie Rent, where everyone or an Aaron Sorkin thing, where there's a lot of. Walk- I was thinking it's a little like Studio 60. There's an energy in the room that you just cannot capture. Wouldn't it be quaint if the real reason that Saturday Night Live was horrible was because the man was keeping them down, <laughs> keeping the genius from happening? Isn't that a quaint uh, way? Andy, can you tell everyone where you were before this? I was at a uh, one-year-old. St- uh, birthday, is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Do you call it a birthday now, now that you're on mic? He's the world's angriest straight man. <laughs> God damn you, Andy. You told me before the show it was not a birthday party. Now tell the jury and the audience at home exactly what it was. This is our new melodramatic duo that's uh, touring the country. And then you know what happened then, Scott? Excuse me, I have to twirl my mustache for a second. <laughs> so, was it really a birthday party? I'm curious now. Uh, yeah, I can't talk about it, Matt, because there's a it was there were a lot of Hollywood people there, and it was in um, a friend of ours. Her her child turned one years old today. That's the that's the awful truth. That's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let us pause. Funny stuff happened. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Funny stuff happened. You know why? What is it with these one year old parties? <laughs> who 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 books these? 
And you, should you really have a stand-up? Wait, wait, you performed at it? <laughs> Imagine if you were performing at a one-year-old's birthday party. It would be like many, many nights here at the UCB Theater. I'm joking. I'm just saying the demographic's getting lower. So you're saying that the crowd is too young? I'm working on my old jokes. I really am working hard on them for the uh, eventual possibility that I might get old 20, 30 years from now. I'm going to get serious for a second and, uh, and close with this question. I'm, I'm closing. <laughs> Why am I using that terminology? You're doing a set. You're doing an interview set. Uh, what does Comedy Death Ray mean to Andy Kindler? Comedy Death Ray means to Andy Kindler, because they always say when you do a reality show that you start, uh, you say the whole sentence completely so that they, they, so they, so that they can use that. They, I, don't, they don't, I don't have to use my voice yeah. because then they'd pay me more. They'd have to pay me. Exactly. Comedy Death Ray means to me a place where I can funny be, where, com- <laughs> where comics go to tell their jokes. Won't you come down and... Uh, it's only five dollars. Something with folks. Something with folks. Oh, and you'll you'll have funny things that you'll quote. Am I right, folks? That would have been a good one. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so come on down. Am I right, folks? Put that. Edit that all together so it rhymes like a Rob McEwen poem. <laughs> okay. Uh, Is Rob McEwen uh, the current reference? Uh, I don't think so. Is he here? <laughs> Hey, uh, we're here. We're here with Neil Hamburger. Uh, Neil, how did your set go tonight? Well, it was a disaster, but uh, I blame you for that because uh, these some of the microphones and some of the equipment are shorting out. We had some sparks and that sort of thing. Uh, a guy in the front row was electrocuted and taken away in an ambulance, which ruined the set for uh, the, the act after me. Uh, actually, speaking of that, do you ever worry about? Uh, you always have uh, at least one drink in your arm. Do you ever worry about elect? electrocuting yourself or having uh, electrical problems? Well, I can't worry about that because it is actually, uh, I have a list that I carry around with me. It's actually 97th on the list of things for me to worry about. Uh, and, you know, on the, the first, you know, the first 93 are various comedians who are doing better than me, Dane Cook and that sort of thing, Carrot Top, who's really hot right now amongst the youth. And, uh, and then the diseases, you know, you've got syphilis and that type of thing, which are very hot right now. And uh, getting electrocuted actually would be a pleasure compared to doing some of the shows I've been doing lately. Uh, and so, actually, that, that reminds me. Uh, I was going to ask you, what do you think? How does this audience, the, the Death Ray audience, compare to some of the other uh, places you play? Well, a lot of these people have emotional problems, you know, and uh, that's sad because uh, you know we only have one shot in life, and to spend most of your time fretting and crying and sobbing. I went into the restroom here at uh, Comedy Death Ray. You know, I had to. I, I do drink a bit on stage, I admit, but uh, I had to release some of this fluid and. Uh, I came across a couple of people sobbing their hearts out. You know what I mean? Crying, and uh, that's not what this night's supposed to be about. It's yeah. supposed to be about laughs. Well, yeah, that, that's the opposite, really, don't you think? They're here to laugh, and, and yet they're crying. That That's is that's problematic. Well, the people that are laughing are all at uh, Carrot Top's new movie, which just came out recently. You know, these people all have emotional problems. That's why like they like this sort of dark, depressing comedy from some of these uh, depressed comedians, you know? Well, you, you do. Maybe you have to be a little deranged to agree to sit in a chair for nine hours to watch a comedy show, right? Well, these people, a lot of them, well, you know, they'd be happy to sit in the Greyhound bus station uh, with a twenty-five cent for every half an hour television set.
sets and watch people's court. You know, these people are uh, not dealing with a full deck. Right. Uh, but, but do you feel like that is better or worse for your comedy to have that kind of crowd than, say, a regular club crowd? Makes no difference to me. I could speak in front of a brick wall. I'm not getting paid anything anyway for another seven years. All my uh, pay has been uh, taken by the Internal Revenue Service, my attorney, and, uh, and my ex-wife. So we've got a schedule, and in actually seven years and seven days, I get to start to keep the pay myself. So until then, I'm just numb to who I'm performing for. You know what I mean? So you're, just, you're doing your time at, at this point? Doing my time. You know, it's not as bad as prison because you get free water. Scott Ackerman, who runs this thing, had a bucket that they used to use uh, as a mop bucket here to clean the floors and that sort of thing. And he uh, turned the hose on and filled it up with water, and that's the best thing I've gotten in weeks. So thank you to Scott Ackerman. Uh, okay, uh, let me wrap it up with this. Um, what does comedy death ray mean to you, Neil Hamburger? Well, it's just another in a long, long string of no-pay gigs. You know what I mean? For audiences who are mostly stoned on LSD and that type of thing. And uh, we'll do them, but uh, that's only because we have no choice. In seven years and seven days, you see the type of shows I take then. I uh, probably will only take shows uh, that, you know, that pay me at least the $10 fee that I feel I deserve for this material. Uh, is this is an all-night show. It actually goes into the next day. Does that count as two shows for you? No, because uh, I only told one good joke, so that's just one show. Uh, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Neil. Uh, it's good to see you, and uh, enjoy the rest of the night. Well, good luck with your radio show. I hope you win the Grammy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry, I interrupted your face. <laughs> the face you were making to something over there. Yeah, I was making a face, so what? Uh, you know, my face is my living. I, I mug a lot. I pull faces, as the Brits would say. Let's start this over. Paul F. Tompkins is here. How's it going, Paul? Hey, well, uh, it's going great. I'm here. I haven't watched a single second of the show yet. <laughs> been here for about an hour. I'm on my second beer. Um, I've just been chatting, meeting, and greeting. All, all of my favorite comedians are here. Uh, well, most. Let's say most. Uh, yeah, that's all is pretty strong. A great deal. A great deal of my favorite comedians are here. Some people I cannot stand. Um, but it's, it's good. It's good. You know, I know how to kind of navigate my way through social situations with false pleasantries and that sort of thing. I'm really good at it. Yeah, I noticed I was I was watching you and admiring that skill that you, you've developed. It's really good. And you know what? Maybe I used it on you. You'll never know. Uh, that's why I was watching to see if I could spot it. You won't be able to. You won't be able to. I wish to tell the truth was still in the air because I would fucking clean up on that shit. Take a sip of that and while I ask a long question. No, I don't even have to. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what time are you going on tonight, Paul? I'm slated for 2.45, but I understand we're running a day behind, so I'll see you at the fifth anniversary show. <laughs> yeah. It's a little... Where it's Right now, it's it's 10 of 2. Uh-huh. And how far behind are we, would you say? I think uh, the first act is just wrapping up. So how many hours would that be? What time did the show start? Uh, it started at 9. Okay. And who? Wh what time was it supposed to start? It was supposed, it was supposed to start at 9. It okay. did. And who would you say is really responsible for making it go long? Because I know that somewhere... 
there was a guy that went over his time, or gal. I don't mean to be sexist. You know, women comedians can be just as self-absorbed as men comedians. So I'm I'm saying there's somebody who kicked it off by going over their time, and that made everybody else say, well, I'll go over my time because I'm on early in the evening. Um, I, I fell asleep halfway through what you were just saying. Oh! <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> wait, say that again. Oh, snap. <laughs> this microphone is kind of iffy. Like, I have to, I have oh, really? To put it right Even now. though we're, we're kind of standing in a very intimate fashion right now, we're like two inches away from each other. I could have, I could have prepped better for this. <laughs> Why don't you just hold it in the middle and then we'll both go to it? It seriously will not work. It will hear neither of us. No, I'm saying we'll go to it like birds at a feeder. <laughs> Ew. We'll save you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess birds can't eat. No, nah, I just thought it would, that would be gross if we both accidentally went into it. Squash, hey, bird. Oh, you're afraid we're going to make out by accident. Afraid? Or afraid of the feelings that'll bring up? Exactly. I think the problem started, to get back to your question, uh, it somehow was ten minutes late before it even started. I don't know how that... But then it just kept getting worse. I didn't, that wasn't the sentence. On nine? Somehow, it was like a, there was a pre-thing, and that ended it ten minutes later than it was supposed to. A pre-thing? Like another show? They showed a, a, a video of David Cross's new show. Did they show a video of people going long? Is that what happened? <laughs> that would be great. Like a funny clip package of going long, and there's like a guy long jumping, and then they go into... Wait, so they showed a clip of Cross's cartoon. Was it... Did it go long because they got so many letters of people that were offended? And yeah, they had to read the letters. Oh, all the letters to the congressman and shut down the show. It pushes too many envelopes. I think they just started a little late and then it went late and then uh, everybody's just having fun. Oh, well, you know what? I can't be mad at that. Why am I interviewing you? You you have not been out there. You don't know what's going on. You cannot give me any insight. <laughs> but I can give you the backstage perspective. Okay, what's going on backstage? Uh, people are drinking. Some people are trying to decide if they want to eat goldfish crackers or not. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the crowd does not know this yet, but something exciting is about to happen out there. Can uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I feel like that dumb crowd. There were, there were, two, there were two gentlemen in costume. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I do know what's about to happen, but they've been back there for so long, I thought maybe that's going to happen in two hours' time. I'm wor- Now I'm worried that we're missing the exciting uh, reveal of... We could tell, tell everybody, because they won't hear I, this. I actually did hear like a huge cheer from out there, so we might have already missed the exciting reveal. You you looked at yourself being sad in the mirror. Just I forgot there was a mirror there. I was like, I'm mugging to myself. And what it, what it looked like to me was, <laughs> I'm sad. How sad am I? Let me check it in the mirror. I found it sad. I found out that was very sad. <laughs> Sadder than you thought. Oh, I don't know where to put the microphone. Should I? T- <laughs> <laughs> well, I got Should I tell the the listening audience? Please do. All right. It was uh, a couple of the fellows from Reno 911. It was Thomas Lennon and Robert Ben Garrant. Yes. Do, am I saying his name correctly? I've never heard. I of think most people just say Ben Garrant. Ben Garrant. But it wasn't. It doesn't he have an extraneous first name or no? <laughs> he does say Robert Ben Garrant is the official one. That's the official one, right? But I, I, I think because it, 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 SAG. Uh, already had Ben Gazzara and that's too close. Oh, sure. They're like, enough with your crazy names. With your Gar names. No more Ben G's. <laughs> Put something on the front of that, please. It's an homage to Benny Goodman. He was the last Ben G that was allowed to have his own identity. 
Benny Ben. Oh God, I'm dizzy from this interview. Here's what I don't understand: is the uh, the Scoutmaster theme that's going on. You really almost fell down. What's the what's the the Boy Scout sort of thing that's happening? That's the theme of the show. It's a uh, when when you when you go out there for the first time in two hours, you'll find out that there's a camping theme, a, a Boy Scout. Oh, okay. I did see the stage when I first got here, and it looks fantastic. That's. Did you see the fireplace? I didn't see the fireplace, but I saw the fake grass and I saw the leaves and the branches and stuff like that. It looks. Ooh, now it's quiet. Wow, somebody closed the door on us. Enough of this boredom. We're more irritating than what's going on in that hallway. And the cacophony of 20 people smoking, drinking, and loudly conversing. People blowing smoke in each other's faces. And up each other's asses. Oh, tell me about it. This is still Hollywood, right, darling? Oh, my God, Hollywood. <laughs> Why am I doing your voice? I don't know. I don't know. I seriously. Sure that, that's my voice. I don't know whose voice I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember who I ripped off. Oh, well, well, that's a good thing. Yeah, probably. I have to sit down. Let's end this interview. Uh, <laughs> what do you got? Oh, let, let me ask you this question I've been asking yeah. everybody. What does comedy death ray mean to you, Paul F. Tompkins? Uh, comedy death ray means a place where I can go and do some comedies and get an honest reaction from an intelligent audience. That's a very nice, honest answer. Yeah. What's interesting is everyone is going the honest route with the answer, and I appreciate that. Well, yeah, you know, I, I think that this show means, it does mean a lot to everybody, and, and people really do love this show, and they love doing it. It's, it's, it's kind of a big deal. It really is kind of a big deal to do this show. Yeah, uh, I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I think you're probably wrong, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that you feel that way. I wouldn't doubt that I'm wrong. I've, I've misjudged the importance of a lot of things over the years, and uh, this is probably one of them. <laughs> I was just joshing. You're right. You're absolutely right. No, but so listen, listen. If I can get serious for another second, um, it really is. I think that the fact that... that that these guys are able to book an all-night show is a testament to how how important the show is to everybody. And the fact that they can fill the place, and I predict that they will all be here at 6 a.m. when it's closed, when they're ending. Oh, absolutely. That's what happened last year. On the way over here, I was thinking, I, there's no other town that has this. You know, even in New York, they don't have, there's no show like this where all these great people are on the same show, all like an all-night show. Apparently, you've never been to Tokyo. I, bet. <laughs> I don't know. City Tokyo in Japan? <laughs> oh, did you think I meant the, the, the bar? I thought it was like some place in New York that you were shaming me for not being a Shit, I should have gone Helsinki. <laughs> <laughs> I almost went Helsinki, and then I, why did I go to Tokyo? Nobody can understand Helsinki comedy. It's all in Helsinki. Paul, it's the late hour. Mm-hmm. What? It is the late hour. I'm worried about your ability. Late hour? <laughs> It sounds like a weird turn of the century phrase. Oh, the late hour. That's when spring Jack would come out. <laughs> oh, we're getting silly again. All right. Paul, what happens with us, though? That's, yeah, and that and now I feel like a jackass for even going there. No, you should. Okay. Thanks for doing this, Paul. Have a good set in three and a half hours. Thank you, Sasquatch. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Hey, everybody! <laughs> and indeed, welcome to 2.20 in the morning with Jimmy Pardo. Uh, good morning, everybody. 
Uh, so you are hosting this for the rest of the show, is that right? Uh, that is correct. I took over at the uh, 1230 hour. I'll be going uh, till the 630 hour. Th- this is something that happened before, and I don't understand it. I- they say that you're hosting the second half of the show, but they, you're really hosting the second three quarters. Uh, it's uh, the, Yeah, it's the last uh, 75%. Uh, I think for Scott to feel like he's done something, uh, he says he does the first half, and then I take over. But no, I, I do come in much earlier. Uh, I want to say 81, 82% of the show I host. Yeah, okay, so uh, you're going to be here until the end, until the show's over. I'll be here till the finale. We'll be doing a little iPod roulette at the end uh, to give away some uh, cash and prizes, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to really right after that. What did you do to prepare for this all-night extravaganza? What I do is I, uh, for any sort of uh, overnighter, I uh, load up on speed and uh, take some uh, amphetamines and uh, some uh, reds. And some bennies. <laughs> and the Jets, uh, Scott. We couldn't, didn't. Mike didn't pick it up, but yes, the Jets. I want to say, and the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> That's Scott Ackerman. Uh, Scott hosted the first nineteen percent of the show, and then I took over, and it'll be called the, uh, the half as soon as we get on the. Uh, internet. And so that was three and a half hours. That's a long. That's like a long show if it was a regular, just a regular show. This is what we call a marathon. This is a special event. This is a, a, a special engagement. This is a like a family function. I call it an a marathon. <laughs> Scott calls it an a marathon. Scott, you're done with your fucking interview. <laughs> hey, everybody, Paul Gilmartin. Paul Gilmartin. Nobody cares what you have to say, Pardo. You're a fucking windbag, and you know what? Nobody visits a special thing anyway. So, you know, uh, get off this website and uh, go masturbate to something. Paul, why are you caressing my arm as you say that? <laughs> More importantly, you don't think they're beaten off to what Patton's writing? You know these guys are pulling their oh, Patton, that's it, that's Ah, dirty! They love it. <laughs> they do love... Gil Martin, a uh, fine character. I did uh, the congressman, Richard Gil Martin. And, uh, <laughs> Richard Martin. Richard Martin, I know. And uh, uh, top notch tonight. I'm going to say nine and a half out of ten. And uh, now. No. You think it was higher than that? No, no I'd say eight. No, I eight. disagree. I think it was very strong. Uh, you and Adomian, uh, good chemistry. Strong, strong show. Yeah, the highlight of the show, this sounds like such a show business suck-up thing, but highlight of the show so far that I've seen was, was your your set when you came out. Let's confirm for the listener, though, you've only seen my set. Yeah, why? Did you tank it after that? No, 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 I'm just saying you oh, didn't see oh, any of the other show. No, I saw, I saw, yeah, I probably saw four or five other people. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, it was a very strong set. A lot of people have been commenting. It's a real. It's a hot crowd. Uh, they 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 came to laugh. They they seem really into the whole thing. It doesn't matter how late it goes. They're there for you. Is that correct? Pretty much. Yeah. That's that's what I've seen. Paul, do you find you get bigger? You did you hear the laughs differently when you're in character? <laughs> I hear them filtered through more money. That's right. <laughs> the nice thing about the, these audiences, though, is. It's nice to see young people that have a, uh, I guess you call it an advanced sense of humor. You know, that, that like, don't think Dane Cook is the greatest uh, comedian and don't think Robin Williams is hilarious. Well, that's, uh, that's uncomfortable now because I do. Uh, you just uh, listed number one and two on my list. And uh, I'm furious, and you know now you're going to probably badmouth Harry Anderson, and I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw fists. I used to hate Harry Anderson until I saw him interviewed a couple of times by Bill Maher, yeah. and then I started to like him. But I used to be like, why does this fucking guy got another show? I never understood yeah. Harry Anderson yeah. ever. Yeah, but he was very funny on Bill Maher. 
He had a hat. He did have a hat. Uh, Scott Ackerman, producer of this event. Uh, it's exciting. I think it's funny that, by the way, that I do a weekly podcast. Yet right now, I'm talking as if I'm talking like in a, to a high school kid interviewing me and trying to over-explain everything. I, for a second, just looking at Matt with the headphones and the microphone, I think I'm looking at Gary Berghoff, and it's 1984. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now Jimmy's job is to explain who Gary Berghoff is. Too. Gary Berghoff, of course, was Radar on uh, the hit television show uh, Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Thank you. Uh, we have people coming in and out of the dressing room. Do it. Let's close it up. Paul has uh, better things to do, obviously. He's got to get his suit. You were lucky to have him on the uh, for the short period of time that we had him. That was a special treat. We did not expect that. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> That's all right. The microphone can't hear them, any of, any of this, because it's pointed at me. You were, you will edit this uh, to make it work? No, as is. That's how it's going out. No, there's no way you're going as is with this horseshit. This goes out as is. Is or not at all. That's, those are the two options. Are you talk about uh, as is a sorry. <laughs> I'm a big fan of as is. His video tonight got a big response. He I was not here for that. That must have been early on in the program. He did illusionators with Paul Shear. Exciting stuff. I got here at the right after the midnight hour because uh, that's when I kick it in. Uh, you had a killer set. I unfortunately missed half of it. How did you miss it? I was back here talking to somebody else. I didn't know you were going to. Be kidding me! The one guy you want to see. <laughs> Wait a minute, now you're putting words in my mouth. Um, okay, uh, bringing it down, serious note, the last question of the night. Why am I doing you? <laughs> That's not the question. Uh, <laughs> what... Uh, what does Comedy Death Ray mean to Jimmy Pardo? Uh, it means a place uh, to work out, a, a place to experiment, and uh, when you experiment and fail, get ridiculed on the internet for it. But Oh, sweet God! <laughs> All right, goodbye.